Hi, welcome to Deconversion Therapy, the podcast. This is Bonnie talking and... This is a slightly stressed Karen because (laughs) our recording just went, uh, yeah, a little sideways. Yeah, I know. Yeah. (sighs) God's power. Now, what they might not know is that a few episodes back, um, certain people thought that I had not pressed record, but (laughs) I had, and it was just in some different file somewhere on my computer. Um, Yes. So. (laughs) I guess you're saying karma, tit for tat. I don't know. No, no. What a relief. It's a relief. It finally happened. It finally really happened, so and I laughed about it a lot. We're even Steven. Sure. <laughs> Except I lost mine. I really lost mine. <sighs> All right. Um, so uh, welcome to the podcast. We're coming to you from the quarantine of each, of each individual's homes. And uh, like we said on the other one, um, we certainly don't want to downplay the fact that there is awful stuff happening in the world. And what we're just trying to do is make a little bit of light of stuff that we've been through uh, during our church experiences to make <laughs> us all be able to put on our oxygen masks just a little bit and maybe last a few more days. Exactly. And I was telling you, we had our rite of passage that we got our first bad review. And I was sort of excited because it's really, if you can believe this, it's almost a year and a half since we started this. Wow. I know. Um, I was baffled by by how much I didn't care. I really thought I would Oh, yeah. Yeah. About the review. Um, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because one, there were some grammatical issues, which always brings down the seriousness of it. But it was pretty much just like it allows. (laughs) But it allows me to attack them personally. Yeah. Which (laughs) is wrong. There we go. Our morality (laughs) jumps in leaps and bounds. Um, Yeah. So. A lot of people post theirs. Some people actually podcasts make their negative reviews in the uh, T-shirts. But ours is too long and nonsensical. But you can see it there when you're clicking and writing us uh, a better review. Don't but worry you know about... Who doesn't, you know who doesn't care that I think I don't care for his work is Paul Simon. And everybody pretty much agrees he's a genius. Yeah. But I don't care. I don't like him. Right. I mean, that's what we're saying. We're geniuses. We don't care (laughs) if you don't like us. He is not losing any sleep. (laughs) And so everybody has their taste. They do. I'm going to talk about taste. Uh, Bonnie, I'm throwing you a surprise here where I told you how my neighborhood's just driving me that shit right now because um, <laughs> I live south of Nashville where every single Christian person in the industry of being Christian lives. <laughs> the uh, industry of being Christian is it, funny. It's absolutely true. It's it's insane. Anyway, uh, they uh, someone just posted on our community thing a poem that's going around. No, it's not a poem. It's a 
It's told, they said, read it as if it's Dr. Seuss. It is very long. I am only going to read the ending to you. (laughs) (sighs) How will I know what context (laughs) to accept the ending? (laughs) I will make a noise, a guttural noise. (laughs) Okay, it says... And what happened then? Well, the story's not done. What will you do? Will you share with that one or two or more people needing hope in this night? Will you share the source of your life in this flight? Nope, fight. Fight. We're in a fight. Damn it. The churches are empty, but so is the tomb. And Jesus is victor over death, doom, and gloom. So this year at Easter, let this be our prayer as the virus still rages all around everywhere. May the the world see hope when it looks at God's people. May the world see the church is not a building or steeple. May the world find faith in Jesus' death and resurrection. May the world find joy in a time of dejection. May 2020 be known as the year of survival. But not only that, let it start a revival. Wow, there was a time that I would have liked that. And it goes, well, I didn't read you the other eight verses, but (laughs) it... (laughs) It's, Isn't stuff like that always too long? It's always it's too always long. too long. And it's also that thing of we are going to transform something new by using someone's work who wasn't, you know, an outspoken <laughs> Christian. And we're going to uh, uh, take that and put our spin on it with some really uh, bad, yeah stuff so that's going around my neighborhood right now you're gonna be upset when you learned that kathy lee gifford read that (laughs) she probably (laughs) did and she also lives here Uh, that's why i said okay oh my dog just did that thing that we always laugh at where they scoot around and have their butt elevated on a pillow okay and the rest of them (laughs) on a flat surface so is she trying to to scratch her butthole? That no, move? she's she's napping, which I find out now. That's all she does all day. <laughs> like I expected any different, but it's just funny when she hikes her butt up on a pillow. Oh, to I lay see. down. Yeah, I thought you meant so on the ground, up. but elevated. Cute. Like Noel, yeah. Or is she having hip issues that I don't uh, respond to properly as a $3,000 hip issues. Um, Oh, my God. Okay, let's do uh, this question. It says, how did you guys go about, quote, coming out atheist agnostic publicly to not just your families, but to the people you grew up with and who expect a certain version of you? Yours will be better than mine. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Just lie. Make yours exciting with lots oh. of... Okay. Yeah. For me, it was easy because I just moved to Los Angeles, the center of sin. <laughs> uh, so nobody expected any certain version of me. 
they just knew that I was repressed. <laughs> um, uh, my the, And actually living out in Los Angeles, I worked in the entertainment industry. And that was my first experience with feeling uh, not in the majority because I had tons of Jewish coworkers and colleagues in every different aspect of what I did. Because they run Hollywood. Because they run Hollywood. And um, so much so that we got every Jewish holiday off. We got every Christian holiday off. It was fantastic because their holidays always started on a Friday. They are. Yeah. (laughs) And so it was like awesome long weekend. Um, As you uh, did a peace sign shalom (laughs) out the door. Peace out. And it also was... My introduction to saying happy holidays, that was a that was a thing because it was more inclusive to yeah. say it. And I don't see how everybody's so upset with that. I know. I mean, that's the whole thing where it's it's this is the real meaning of Easter, this is the real meaning of Christmas. And then you look at the history and go, oops, nope, these were, you know. Holidays that got snatched by Christianity, but we're not allowed to say that. Um, yeah. So, so, but what about for when, me? It wasn't. It wasn't a, at all having to acknowledge to people that I just didn't feel like I knew for sure what was going on with God or religion because everybody else was kind of in the same boat. What about there weren't when, a lot of super Christians out in Los Angeles? Yeah. What about when you returned to Florida? I uh, uh that was a lot later. That's now. So right. like 8 years ago and um I don't interact with those people. Yeah, true. Um so I don't go to church and have them say how come you're not being as churchy as we are? That's not the right <laughs> example. Um Right. But you know, my mom and I have never been she's never been the ultra conservative super devout christian person like your parents were yeah so you know as long as i keep my head down and (laughs) um don't commit a lot of murder she's not really surprised but there are a lot of people who i work with who are very religious and posting a lot of stuff on Facebook and it makes me think, well, I don't want to post things on Facebook that are even naughty and foul mouthed, but they post things that are very uh, religious and very polarizing. Uh, Yeah. And like, that's totally accepted. And that's where I came out probably the most is on Facebook and It was a little subtle at the beginning, and then later I'm like, ah, screw it. But I did do this, quote, project, um, like five, six, maybe more, ten years ago, where I was reading through the New Testament. Um, Oh, right, yeah. And I wanted to see it with different eyes, so, like, I let everyone on Facebook know I was doing it. Right. It is amazing when you start reading through it and you're just, you know, like reading Matthew and uh, there's a bunch of talk, talk, talk. And then chapter three, Matthew enters the picture. Along comes this guy named Matthew. I'm like, wait, weren't 
Aren't you the one talking in chapters one and two? But there's so many. Wait, is he not? I don't know what's happening. I <laughs> I will have to go back to my early writings on it. But I started that, and that's when I got tons of emails. And I remember the number 11 sticking out because I would get emails by different people saying um, either what I was doing was wrong or they're sorry I got hurt by the church, which I'm like, mm-hmm. I never said that, you know, and right. I didn't get hit, hurt by the church. Um, but all of them were men. And <laughs> then if I would post anything that even would touch on that or uh, something you know, historic or something a little to the left ideologically, I would have people jump on my thing and, you know, say stuff. <laughs> and then I was, you know, after a few years, I got fed up and just started biting back because I was like, I, you put a little Christian verse on your <laughs> Facebook. I don't come over there and tell you how that's actually you know, incorrect and came from the poem Gilgamesh that, you know, preceded that. I let you be. But you guys got to come on over and say something to me. So I think I unfriended a lot of people, mainly guys. um, And that's sort of... Please, their wives were happy about that. I guess. I know. We were joking how, like, when especially uh, Southern Baptist guys get married, they unfriend you. <laughs> Can't have no stumbling block, women. Um, you are unfriended, and their only Facebook outlet has their wife's name in it. Oh, goodness. But I think that's how it started, mostly that and sometimes it went well um mostly it's like let's agree to disagree although i've found out recently whenever people get together with mutual friends or relatives of mine i'm the talk of the of the <laughs> little gathering so i'm like man that's no offense but don't they have anything else to talk I about know, i know good lord good. the whole talking about people too Unless it's, you know, um, they're concerned. Super Bonnie. interesting. It's a concern. In between questions, there was a question asking if uh, I was going to release a whole compilation of my burps since I burped <laughs> and said that I burped on one, and I didn't even tell people that you and I, at the start of our last episode, burped at the same time didn't hear each other nope because of the burps filling our ears i'm like oops sorry i burped you're like i burped oh my god talk about in sync people you can't pay for this it's just (laughs) uh someone also asked can we post our prom pictures i'll let you answer okay well the first answer is hell no. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So I will tell you about my prom 
issue, though, uh, I couldn't go with my boyfriend because no one knew what was going on between us. It was scandalous because he was younger than I was. He so was 12. Then <laughs> he, he was 10. <laughs> so uh, then I was going to go with a friend, somebody you actually dated, who was a good friend. But the girl that he was dating had her prom the same night. So he was like, I totally would, but I have to go to, you know, her prom. Yeah. So then, so of course, my gay friend to the rescue. And um, uh, we drove around trying to figure out where to go to dinner because it wasn't as planned as it is now. Yeah. It was, it was just, well, should we go here? Should we go there? And then we ended up going into the place where we had prom, which was uh, super hot. And super, in Florida, it's, it's super no fun. hot. But we were so privileged that that was our prom place. I, I took it for That's granted true. till I moved other places and see, you know, or even watch films where they would do it in their own gym. Ours was in <laughs> right. This. We got to have ours in a huge, beautiful mansion. Yeah, that's a. Uh, museum now that everyone all the schools would have it in but yeah it was crazy yep and it was glamorous but only to the naked eye not right. to the body sweating <laughs> right. and so pretty much you I remember going in being like hurry up take this damn picture <laughs> then once I was in there I'm like how much of my dress am I gonna ruin with perspiration stains Am I what ever going color? to wear this dress again? What color was your dress? It was a pretty mint green. Yeah. We all had like those Easter egg color dresses then. Yep. They were very formal. It went all the way to the ground. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. None of that skanky short stuff the girls are wearing these days. No, no slits. I I've seen some longer ones yeah. that are in Macy's. Well, that was before we weren't allowed to go to Macy's. <laughs> Lord and Taylor. Oh. oh, yeah. Lord and Taylor's totally where I got my dress. Yeah. What color was yours? Um, I went junior and senior year. My dates uh, ended up, one ended up being uh, the manager of a strip club. And then... <laughs> Has since died, and then the other. See what Cindy does. Wait, wait! I was talking about the color of your dress, not the color of your dates. I'm getting there. Okay, it's a long. No, it's not. And the other one is a minister at a very large, well-known church in Atlanta. Um, One dress was dusty rose and. We were double dating and we showed up and the other girl had the same exact color because there was some shop near my dad's office that I got it in. And I guess That's she went funny. there too. And um, then my senior one I really liked because it was black and white and it was a little like different than traditional. So I liked that one, but it had this weird like... You'd you'd have the cloth up against your boobs, but then it had another cloth that came up and sort of stuck out in front of it that, you know. Cloth. I Yeah, I'm very good with Fabric? These. It would be fabric. We would call it It was a, a face cloth. 
It was a what? It was a terry cloth (laughs) prom dress. It's made out of the tampons. But so my date just sort of, when we sat down to eat, was throwing peanuts into that part. But, you know, we're mature. (laughs) We're all adults uh, at that age. Mine had a, a piece like that, too, and then one that came up above. And just kind of hovered there. Yeah, there is some weird hovering pieces. Yeah, sculptural. Yeah, yeah. it was a pretty dress. I did get to wear it again. Yeah, I got, I got to wear to my black and white one again too. Yeah. Uh, good times. And then, so I think what a lot of people have been waiting for is, can you divulge more of your story? When did you entertain doubts, and how did your deconversion progress, Bonnie? Oh, that's for me. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> back when I was in high school uh, and had quiet time with my Bible, I would really think a lot. So, um, I'm a I'm a real fan of my brain, and I don't mean my brain, <laughs> but <laughs> the thought process in general. And thinking things through and backing into thoughts and where they come from. Um, And, you know, like the textbook definition of logic and logical fallacies, which we we learned in ninth grade. You didn't. I don't mean that you didn't. (laughs) But let's be honest. Even if I was taught it, I did not learn it. (laughs) The we meant our class because we had a speech and debate class. So we had to learn the structure of, you know, how do you how do you debate somebody? Mm -hmm. And and logic was kind of what we were going for. Um, I say that loosely because that should be what we go for all the time. But when the po- politicians today debate, they it's like they know the rules and they know how to break them. And all they do now is break them. Right, right. And I'm like, no, 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 you're attacking him personally. That doesn't count. But but it wins. That's it. So. Emotion wins. Yeah, they get yep. it. Um, so, and it's not just how people throw around the word logic in place of common sense. So... Like the real logic. So I would have a lot of thoughts when when I had my quiet time with my Bible and my highlighter. (laughs) And I thought a lot about what our Sunday school teachers and our youth group pastor couldn't explain to me. So I had Jewish friends ever since eighth grade when I was unleashed onto the public school system. (laughs) I'm like, these Jewish people have been waiting for me. Um, And I would think a lot and think, okay, what if I was born Jewish? And if I grew up in Israel, and why would God doom me to hell just because I was born into a family that was Jewish and it wasn't my fault I never heard about Jesus. Right. Or the good word. Anyway, um... So, uh, that's, that's kind of the, my origin of, of everything is so far back. It was not like I was really gung ho with everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was kind of the start of it. And let's see, I don't know. I always thought that like the golden rule ruled. I thought that that was above everything. Don't you think that <laughs> well, it's kind of an umbrella rule? Well, weren't you naive? 
Well, I know, but but yeah. but okay, if you go by the golden rule and then you you back into everything like, okay, there's a stop sign. Why should I obey that stop sign? Well, because I would want somebody else to stop for me. Right. And hence, okay, I will obey that. And um so I would I would go backwards from all of these these thoughts. And um, like, do I want someone to kill me randomly? No. So I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I want it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so th- so we go to Baptist University, and I was having a conversation with a friend, same friend who was going to go to prom with me, and I wanted to talk about the thought process behind what we had learned in a class that day. And he shut me down and he goes, no. And I said, what do you mean? No. I asked him whatever question. And he goes, no, the answer is because God said, I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And it, it wasn't even applying the whole idea of let's go to college and learn to think. Yeah. So, so I switched colleges, went to a secular university and I'm very, so, so very happy that I went there because my one favorite thing happened in a class with um, where we were, we were assigned to watch the movie Hannah and her sisters. So it's a Woody Allen film and I can't say that I love Woody Allen, but I like his output Mm -hmm. creatively. Um, So in that, in that movie, he's a guy who's searching for which religion is the truth in life. And he can't figure it out. And um, there was there was a part in that movie where he goes through all the religions and he's just tortured after he almost kills himself and he's walking down the streets and he ventures in and goes in to see a movie. And in the movie, he catches himself having a good time. And he realizes none of us really know what's going to happen. So while we're here, we may as well enjoy the show. Right. And so... That meant a lot to me, and in the movie, his father says the line that I think says it all because he says to his dad, well, if, if, there's, if there's a God, why were there Nazis? And the dad goes, why the hell do I know if there are Nazis? I don't know how the can opener works. And that was comforting to me. Right. <laughs> why should I be so uh, full of myself to think that I know how the whole world works? Right. And the whole question of God. I mean, it it could be that Jesus is the way, but I don't feel comfortable enough saying that as a fact. No. Yeah. And then like, do you want a vegetarian friend to look down on you if you eat a hamburger? No. And that's the only reason why I feel like we're doing this podcast is because have your religion. Believe that it's the truth all you want. But if if you don't like Steely Dan, I'm not going to pray for you to start, you know, playing the Asia album over and over again. Yeah. It's uh, just we can all have our things as long as we just do the whole golden rule thing of, like, let's not kill each other. Right. Take each other's lives. Treat me with respect and Treat vice me with versa. Respect. Well, yeah, then I'm not going to make you like pumpkin spice coffee. It's no not matter what yeah. I do. <laughs> well, that leads into the next one then, because someone said, loaded question, but do you feel religion serves any purpose in today's world? 
you want to go, you want me to go first? Because um, mine's, my answer is quick and easy. So you'll, do it. you should let Good. me go first. I think it serves a purpose of community and that is a lovely thing. And we're finding out right now how it feels to not have it. <laughs> Welcome to our world, Christians. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Don, mic drop. Um, it's really easy to be isolated, but community is nice. And I do like it when churches do things like take care of feeding people and and helping them with shelter and um, and just general humanitarian things. Yeah. Um, so I think it I think it serves a purpose. I think it's a shame that the politicians have figured out how to trick a whole bunch of people into voting for them by using certain platforms yeah um that they agree with because they use logical thinking and they're right you know this is how you manipulate the circumstance if they only read like ninth grade speech and debate books Hmm. (laughs) um Okay, so my answer is no. I can see how it gives individuals hope and meaning, but as an organization, religion, I think it's harmful to progress. So I I think if we didn't have the church, I think that people still would figure out ways to organize, to feed the poor, and to do all these other things that actually, who knows, might even open it up to more, um, you know, people to join forces. Because right now it's very, it can be very divided into like, okay, these Christian organizations are doing this for humanity. And then now we also have the United Way over here doing this. You know, who's to say what kinds of things would have been formed if it wasn't, if we didn't have everything chopped into these tiny denominations. Right, where you have to believe a certain thing. Right, right. I mean, I do love the whole, when, do you go on that site next door? Is that the site that you're talking about when you say our neighborhood thing? No, no, we have a Facebook group in general. Okay. Yeah. Because next door here has been really, really a nice uniting thing. I've got my phone number out there in case anybody's older and can't get out to get groceries. Yeah, I've offered to let them, you know, call me. No one has called. Right. Which is, I don't know if it's troubling or... Did you put your picture? (laughs) 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 Okay. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. But that's a nice uniting thing. If we only had little ways of uniting by where we live... I agree. Like pubs, like they have in England. Yes. Well, that's the thing with, I I bitch about my neighborhood, but, you know, except for these ultra-religious times that ha- happen around religious holidays and this isolation thing where uh, people are being more outspoken about it, um, it really is a good thing. And people get together and support people and take care of the homeless by way of like our neighborhood takes care of certain homeless specific people as a neighborhood. Um, Right. And so it can be done. And the people who do it, 
who are like the head of those organizations are not particularly Christian either. So I think, yeah, everything is such chopped up into these tiny little things that it is like, um, you know, going here and there to shop for everything in your life where, you know, oh, I'm going to buy pasta. Let me go to the pasta store. I'm going to get bread. Let me go to the bread store. And if we didn't have religion, maybe we would have a Costco mentality where we can buy (laughs) and help people more by joining our money and our resources together rather than, you know, have everything piecemeal for to help society. But I also think organized religion, you know, how it's involved in politics these days and then um, how it's uh, the conspiracy theories that are really beginning to happen. I've been reading the one about Bill Gates and the vaccine and how he supposedly (laughs) said he's going to put implants into people and people are saying that's the mark of the beast and they're not going to do it. And, you know, all these things like that really hold progress back. And that pisses me off. Yeah. And it does give them a sense. I mean, I also see the badness. It gives people a sense of if I have this community behind me, how can I be wrong? Totally. And I think that's what the guy that you were saying when he said, God said it and that's it. One, you get to feel powerful to be like, God said it. I'm on his team. He's the winning team. And I can turn around and yell at all the people in this auditorium and say, do you want to believe in God or do you want to believe what Bonnie's trying to think through? You know, and you've got people who are going to just say, oh, God, yeah, God, it's God. Uh, okay. Here's one. Um, how do you deal? Let's finish with this. How do you deal with religious thoughts that still appear from time to time or the feeling that it'd just be easier to fall back to God? Um, I can, I, go ahead. So, um, I can answer that it's like a two-parter. How do you deal with the religious thoughts that appear from time to time? So my religious thoughts can be like judgy thoughts, like still seeing things in a very moralistic way and... um, Like tattoos? Yes. Or drinking? Well... Or smoking? Yes. (laughs) Put that down. Yeah, just things that are like any of those or any others where I still see things as a very black and white situation. Um, Laws good, not laws bad. And that laws, no matter how ridiculous should be followed. And, you know, so there's still that part of me and that judgy part that I try and come against. But I also every once in a while, want to pray. And what I mean by that is a two second thought comes into my mind that that would be the first thing I would do. But I equate it to muscle memory where I still have, oh, you know what, who wants, who would want to hear about that? My mom, let me call her, 
and my mom has passed oh, away. Right. But, right. you know, you have that muscle memory for that, just like, you know, those two things equate because that's what you were used to doing all your life. So I have, I think those two thoughts are the things that come to my mind that are still religious-based. And by the way, when you said, oh, you know who would like to hear about that? I thought you were going to say God. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just stop for a little quick prayer. That's right, because that's what prayer is, telling God things he supposedly knows (laughs) and should already be taken care of because he wants to live by the golden rule. But, um, yeah. All right. What about you? Um. but the whole question of uh, the feeling that it would be easier to fall back on God, for me, because my, I don't know if you want to call it doubts, but my mental climbing through the jungle of what is God and what is religion, uh, I, I kind of equate the amazing intelligence of the universe mm-hmm. with God. So for me, I just switched what I call God. Uh-huh. And to yourself. Feel... <laughs> right. <laughs> so conveniently, like if I, I I don't not pray, but it's a moment where I'll sit and and just be still in my brain and 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 express thanks for things. Right, right. And, and express a desire for something to turn out a certain good way. Yeah. Because I'm also super touchy-feely and believe in, <laughs> in the secret and the whole law of attraction and um, things that I can hear Karen's eyes roll No. <laughs> Just as I want to pray, I think, I'm going to edit that out. No, I'm done. <gasps> Um, so, but I constantly fall back on the universe. We're all connected and there's, there's something there because it's, and it's, it's not a guy. I don't think it's a guy anymore. Right. You know, answering all the, the emails that we send them. (laughs) Well, that's what someone asks. I've been doing on Thursdays, ask Karen anything on, um, Instagram, follow us there, deconversion therapy. And because Bonnie works, so yeah, you only get to hear from me. But someone asked about, like, uh, do you still have a spiritual side? And I think the the road, my journey, is different than Bonnie's. I still think the spirit <laughs> is an actual intellectual practice and thought process. So, I mean, people come at it from different angles. So I feel... If I were to say we're all connected, I would say because of physics and DNA and all that stuff. But, yeah, we still come at it from from different angles. And if I were to fall back on God, have I ever thought of that? And I, I have. Like I've thought, okay, what if something comes to me one day where I'm really like, I was wrong about not believing. And then I do what you do, but uh, in the opposite direction, instead of going backwards, I go forwards and, and think out that whole scenario. 
if I became a believer again and I was going to church and one, I just think I would be storming out of the sermon every week. Like it would get to a point where I'd be like, oh, no, no, because (laughs) I already learned that that's incorrect or no, that's not historically viable. So I think now I sort of, quote, know too much um, right? because I really earnestly studied so much of this stuff to prove it right that um, I proved it wrong. And that sort of does shut the door on things. Hey, when you were mentioning going to school with heathens, it made me (laughs) even more so understand why Christian schools are so, uh, you know, applauded and all this stuff. We are segregated from people who are living joyous, happy lives outside of being Christian. And it also gives... They don't want you to know that's an option. Right. And it also gives us this whole idea that, you know, everyone, um, I guess not everyone is like us, but everyone is going to have the same thought processes we do and the same sort of culture we do. And that's why when we get out of it, we're shocked to go like, oh, I didn't know this is how people were living this whole time I've been alive, and I didn't know. (laughs) Just drinking and sexing it up all the time. No, just doing the same as we were without a uh, saying they were Christians. You know, like, there was, I pictured everything as being so um, evil and terrible out in the world, and you know, that's the way they wanted us to stay because we were just because, well, if you go for the jaded point of view, like I do, if you keep somebody in the Christian church through college, then guess what? They're going to turn into a, an adult with a job. They're going to tithe and they're going to give money and they're going to keep everything running. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my awful jaded concerned Right. Very concerned. Right. Which is exactly what I was and a lot of the people who listen to this. So thank goodness, you know, everyone has a different reason that they uh, woke up a bit. But that's the answer to your questions. (laughs) And you can send in more questions um, to deconversiontherapypodcast.com. Or post some at our Instagram or in our private Facebook group, Deconversion Therapy, where... And for sure write your funny stories. Yes. You you guys, come on. I know. That's what everyone loves to hear is listeners' funny stories. And sometimes people send them to me in different ways rather than Mm -hmm. uh, our... Rather than our website, and I always worried that I'm going to lose track of them. So try and go through the website just for my brain. It just helps. Sometimes they just pray them to you. And I hear them, and then I thank (laughs) myself for hearing myself. (laughs) Have a good week in isolation. Bye. Bye. Bye.